This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, you're in for a treat because you're listening to the Dubland Podcast with Suzanne and PJ. Dubyard, Dubland Podcast, up your ear holes. Don't think anybody takes us seriously enough to give a shit. That's true. This is definitely the end of Stephanie Prizer. Good luck. Oh, yeah. oh yay! Do you have that bit still in? Because that's my favourite part. Is that yeah, brilliant, fantastic. Don't be nervous. Have you listened to the podcast? Yeah. Have before? you ever heard the podcast before? Yes, I have. Are you sure? Yeah. I, I have. You. I don't listen to it every week, but I have. Oh, no, we're I don't not on. Yeah. When we're you none. like, you've had certain guests on, and you've tagged them, and I'm like, oh, I would listen to that person. Is that not how you decide on what podcast you? Listen no, you to? definitely yeah. not. No, that's not us. We you never, we never, we never have anybody on. Because we do have people on. No, no. we don't. You're you did have. We had sorry. We had David McSavage who hated me at the very start, very very start four years ago, and we had Joanne McNally on once, and then we we done heard Joanne's one. Yeah, haven't heard David's one. Oh, don't listen. That's it though. That was it. Those are the only ones. No, just us. No, we've just done live shows. No, haven't heard no, live that's shows. that's okay. Don't yeah, no, that's lives. it. Yeah, so no, because this is a sort of a new, this is so a sort of beginning of a new thing. Yeah, we're doing a so Dublin meet. you're our first proper guest. Yeah. No, I don't like that now at all. Yeah. yeah. I'm a guinea pig. No, yeah, you're not. No. You're not. No. Quite the opposite. We want to start well, yeah. you see. So let's like, let's let's everybody relax, yeah. collectively relax. Because first we want of to start all, well. we should probably introduce who you are. Yeah, so Stephanie Preisner, which is, how would you describe yourself? Writer? Yeah, I actor as well. Actor, yeah. Um, playwright. Yeah, that's also writer though. Yeah, it's but different though because it's W R I G H T. Yeah, and because no, that is serious though because that's like you know like a to write something W R I G H T is is a craft like a like wrought iron is like crafted iron. So a playwright is someone who crafts. It's not W R I T E to write a book. Is that where that comes yeah. from? Yeah, like a playwright oh, okay. is. It's like a blacksmith. It's like that's their craft. Of arts, so it is yeah, different. But I'm not crafty at playwriting. Like, but I, you've done like you have written. You like your first thing was like a one woman show, right? Yeah, yes. no, my first one was uh, three was people. Dean. Sal Padin is my boyfriend. Was yeah, second show. Yeah, and then I wrote one called "I'm Fianna Falling for You," <laughs> where I went and joined Young Fianna Fall and just because my granddad was big into Fianna Fall, like yeah, it, there's a picture of him holding up Liam Lawler at the count oh, when he got no. in, and uh, no Brian Lennon senior and. Uh, so I was like, God, I wonder, do I just like Fianna Fáil because my family liked Fianna Fáil and legacy, the legacy and like the way you support Dublin GAA because you're born in Dublin and for no other reason, you know? Oh, well, yeah. well, yeah, I was born yeah. in Cork, but I do yeah. know what you mean. Yeah. yeah, but like, you know, people from Cork support Cork. Or yeah, yeah, Cork. Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's tribal. We're, we're it's a tribal. Gael in my family. So yeah. because it's so legacy, because that's, you didn't ask people who, who they voted for because it was like a really rude question thing to do because people just knew. Yeah, it's there at what age you and how much yeah. do you drink? Like yeah. it's too, it's, there's a yeah. certain, there's social questions, questions. you don't ask because you're identifying the tribe you're attached to. Yeah. yeah. We, we were just so talking about this. Go on, yeah. So you did political party. I went into, yeah, I joined Ogre Fianna Fáil just to see, well, like, was it, did I actually, was I actually a Fianna Fáiler or was it just like by chance? How did that end? Like, it, it went, spoiler <laughs> alert. Because I didn't see the show. So. It, it ended with me at um, the <laughs> Fianna Fáil Hoisting <laughs> Michal, a young Michal yeah, yeah, yeah. One of air. One of three women at the Fianna Fáil Ordesh back in, what, the 23rd Ordesh. Um, it was during that mad recession time where you know like the ATM was only giving out promissory notes and it was just <laughs> scandalous um, and I realised that actually I'll vote for anyone who's nice to me and <laughs> that's Ireland though yeah I'll actually vote for anyone who's nice to me one time I voted for a, like usually I'd vote Fianna Fáil or Fianna Gael because I just feel like 
You're that, one of the flip-floppers. I'm one of the flip-floppers. Civil war voter. But then, right, sometimes <laughs> yeah. I'll vote for, one time I voted for a ridiculous party that I won't name. I don't even know if they're a party anymore. They were for like a flash in the pan because um, it was my job to get rid of my mum's Christmas tree and after Christmas I pushed the Christmas tree into the garden and it just lay there in the garden rotting and the vote the election came around and someone knocked at my door and I was and they were like can I get your number one vote and I said I swear to God I'll give you my number one vote if you get rid of that tree and he came up he, someone from he his party himself. came up with a trailer got rid of the tree and I gave him my number you're one you're joking me yeah and that is why Ireland oh, is the way it is that is why Ireland that is that's exactly why Ireland is the way it is that's it we literally had this that's Ireland you can literally we? shoot your neighbour in the face and like not was, get convicted because no he got rid of oh, the Christmas right. tree but it is fair though because we had this conversation I literally just said that I like I hate when elections come around because I don't know where to go with it because I would have been traditionally Fine Gael because it was legacy and Leo Varadkar used to live next door to me he was but, a neighbour of mine um, so you know you keep it in in the neighbourhood but now I don't know what to do Who's but, in your constituency? <clears throat> see this is it and then I really liked a man who was in my constituency who didn't get he, he'd caught three times he's called to my house and moved trees and he didn't get voted in in the in the local election so he's gone and then I don't like the look of the posters of the people around me ah, and then, no, okay, a cover like, is not the book so we no, don't judge it but, yeah. Oh, yeah it's true but also <laughs> no because they don't so somebody who votes based on yeah, the first page of Christmas the book tree. No, which is Christmas trees yeah. <laughs> they did so they actually took action and did something I needed well, to well I done. voted for Minister Sapone because I thought that she was going to be this trailblazer and that I thought she was so for women and I thought like oh, and she's just been a bag of mickeys so like I think her opposition is actually really good is Anne Rabbit yes she's very good yeah, she, is she actually is but she's in Galway she's in Galway, Galway though yeah. Yeah. yeah none of us are in Galway but, so, so anyway so that's why it turned out the lad or the lad who puts down the speed well, I know who I voted for. for in my constituency okay well that's good you know who you are voting yeah, for you've made up your mind oh, yes, already, what have they done for you this time because it is January I just think he's great and he's in my constituency oh that's good Pascal Donahue like he's just Pascal Pascal I, I just can't, yeah. I like him. I really oh, like yeah. him. Yeah, well, I'm He's not, I am not right to tell anyone who to vote for, but I definitely, the, the whole two he cheeks of the same arse thing with Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael, it just feels so repetitively Yeah, but I can't backwards. vote for Sinn Féin and the local independents that I have in my area, I just can't vote for them either because they're just couriers. So I can't go with those. <laughs> But they are. I, but I want somebody. I don't care. Like if you can come to my area and do stuff for my area. There's a man now canvassing two days before they'd even called an election. They, he That's was not allowed, like no, as in like he put in stuff through the door, right? right? So I'm going. He's never once knocked on my door, and now all of us. I tell you, I nearly voted for a man because I was at the shops and he was outside mass. I wasn't at mass. I was at the shops, but he was there with his son. Did you go and to actually, mass? No. I am. I have a weird relationship with God. Like I kind of, we have this all the time. I don't know. I believe in a higher power, but I've just, I'm so mad about, I was so much God stuff was driven home that I just don't know. I want to believe in something, but I have to believe that there's something good somewhere. There's a higher power. Yeah. Do you believe in God? I, I do. Yeah. I believe in, like, I don't believe in Jesus with the sandals. Like, yeah, but, but a higher power, but I do believe in a higher power. And I do believe that, uh, there is something more powerful than us and also like I love science and when you go back to like some of the earlier scientists they have like a god molecule you know they're literally like like Einstein was like just the Higgs boson and all that wasn't it that's what they said was the god particle or whatever they still haven't found it and they won't I'd say because like a bit of mystery you know with the Higgs boson and stuff (laughs) I had my theory about the Higgs boson was it was Bono That's what it is. It's Bono, right? Why is it Bono? Because they were they they can't understand like because we're all atoms, right? Right. So you know your atoms, this table is atoms, this cable, everything is atoms. That's all it is. But they can't. They could never understand why you're one particular bunch and something else is a different bunch. It's what's the glue that keeps us together. You think it's Bono? I think it's Bono, right? Why? So basically, so this is how I've always thought. So uh, how does it work? So like, if I walk into a room, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe three or four people might look around and go, all right, what's the crack? And then maybe they might come over. So now I'm four people. There's four yeah. of us, right? Whereas, but Bono walks into a room. The whole world st- starts nap. to look, right? And we look at all these like individual nap. packs and then we turn on the telly and all. And we're all watching Bono all the time. So Bono is effectively the Higgs boson. Okay, He's the- but listen, right? You've just cracked it, but it's not Bono. Because I'm sure, I've been watching loads of travel documentaries because my friend is going to Thailand. Okay. And there's loads of like slums and really sad things happening in all over the world. And they don't know who Bono is, but everyone knows a god. 
And so God is the thing that makes us all. The, God comes into the room, we all stick to it, and then we're like four but people every, rolling. But scientists yeah, get but so it's upset like the father, the son, a bono. It's not though. It's not. And I also can only name about two U two songs. So like, but you, and you know, yeah. but you know, in Ireland, so I don't like U two. But you know, in Ireland, it's that thing where you're not allowed to say that you don't like U two because like there's some higher power. Well, hierarchy. I don't. I no, don't I like don't them. like them either. I and have I to go especially to one of don't like them because concerts. they info- like they put their album on my computer without my permission. Why did that upset you? Are Cambridge Analytica? Yeah. U two are the original. <laughs> Cambridge. We're trying to teach our kids about consent, and Bono's just going around, throwing, just putting it in, in here, putting it putting on his your... album on my computer, on my phone. But people acted like Bono. This is what I don't understand about that. Why it was so upsetting to people? You got something for free. You didn't even have to ask for it. And people don't acted Bono like Bono free. sent them a dick pic. That's the way people acted. It, it felt, was like, have it you felt ever as sent it, a honestly, dick pic? I have oh, never sent a dick pic. You should I go not. back and listen to that podcast. We did a whole podcast on dick, dick pics. Pic. I've never sent a dick pic. I, I have heard the two of you talking. Right. And I have, can I just please bring up my podcast to see if I've listened, what the hell I've been listening to. Okay. It's the one with the pigeon, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, the like, one, yeah. There's just never anybody else. Oh, no, yeah, it's just, just a, it's just uh, us. It's the one with the pigeon on it. It's should we should get you into market with us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What? Ah. It's the one with the ah. <laughs> we need to be better yeah but I've never said why, why? people also send me ones because you know the way I'd be rambling on about unicorns people, yeah. and stuff and someone sent me that but what they send you dick pics because you're rambling no, about sorry, unicorns no I'm still talking about your podcast oh sorry oh, yeah. Jesus Christ I got totally got well, the analogy between to... unicorn and dick pic it just like when you yeah. brought it up I didn't bring anything up you told me. You said you'd be able to ever send a dick pic. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, I don't, I don't, we should. Mm. We did that, we did them before and because I. Photoshoot like. No, yeah. But I said that about, about in terms of dick pics of like that I didn't understand them. I like, and I have received them and I hadn't understood at what point in trying to get to know somebody that you go, hey, how's things? Do you want to go for a bite to eat? Here's a pic from my Mickey. Like, I never understand where you get there. And then obviously the taking of the picture, the angles, I just found it all offensive. But one of my friends who's gay has told me he has a full album of his own Mickey in his phone that he sends when he was single, he'd send to boys. Like, it's just, he was like... So then he was taken like, live, like, yeah, he, no, using them? Yeah, he, ha- yeah, he just, you know, sends them a, around. a flick book, yeah, a of flick Mickey pics. Mickey pics. But he was like, he loves a dick pic. So, you know, swings and roundabouts is what I is say. Is he sending them to women or other lads? No, he's gay. He sends them to other guys. See, I'd be all worried. Do you know what I'd be worried about in a dick pic now? I'll be honest oh, with you. that would be a comparison, comparison thing. No. <laughs> you know the way you people talk to you, right? And it's like, what do you do? What, what, where, what do I do with my hands? When you start to perform as an actor, it's always, what do I do with my hands? Right? Okay. Now, I've never sent a dick You asked me a question. I've never sent a dick pic. I've right. no intention of sending a dick pic. Right. But if I did, what do I do with my feet? I'd be very worried about my feet. Well, do you wear socks? Oh, are you taking oh, it you know, like, this way? Standing. Well, of course. Well, well, I can't put my hand anywhere else. Oh, no, Generally, no, people are like, like lying. Like, kind of yeah, but like just your feet are still in it. I'm not. No, like, I'm not. Se- obviously, I, obviously, that. I know the idea. I don't think people are sending it when they're having a piss. I, I understand the concept <laughs> of a dick pic, I mean, but like, I don't know. What do you do with your feet? Are you wearing socks? Do you like you know? What if you're? No, can I tell you? Really what about your story? toenails? Are your toenails all right? Yeah. So what? my friend, my best friend, she's going to kill me, Rachel. I was going to say, who can rename nameless? Yeah. No, she's she's we she's my best friend. People know this. She once um had so so I once had a thing on my foot that I had to get removed, and the thought was cancerous, big scare, oh, whatever. So, but she had found something on her um arm, her bicep kind of area, and she was con- like scared about like what she thought it was and whatever so she sent me a picture of it was like is this what your thing looked like but and she sent me the picture but what she didn't realise in her like fear and panic was that she had sent me a picture of her and she was totally naked like I could see her entire groin area butt naked (laughs) in her bed and I just texted her back and I was like Rachel I can see your privates. <laughs> Every bit she was like so mortified, and then she couldn't talk to me for a few days, <laughs> and then I deleted the picture, and it wasn't cancer, so it was all fine. But yeah. that's always a fear, you know, when you t- take the a picture live of something. Photos as well yeah, is really scary. That's People something. Don't something could be there, or that because <laughs> even the other day we we were we stayed away on on Friday night, and there was a bath. But obviously, I was getting ready to go into the bath. But I took a picture. It was like Friday, Friday night plans or whatever. But then, like my eyesight's so bad, so I'm like. Like zooming into the, the tap and everything going like, you know, making sure it was at the right angle so that there was no part of me reflected anywhere in the bathroom. Because that like, I am the... Because pr- you don't I'm, put on a dressing gown or something. No, 
what? Just get in the bath, take pictures, take it in, ready to go. Like that would have been the sensible thing to do. But you're like, I'm ready to hop in. Do you know? I really, <laughs> my hope, my wish for 2020 and the future is that phones go back to not having cameras. Oh yeah, too many cameras. Oh yeah, it's very annoying. Yeah, it's not a very entertaining to a point, but I don't trust cam- like this. It- too much is being documented. Too much is being documented. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's all reusable in the future. That's the thing. Like, yeah. I always wonder, you know the way women send pictures of themselves to lads and all that shit all the time? Yeah. Is there never that level of paranoia, paranoia of where it's... I would never. In I a wouldn't, million, don't do it, billion like. years. Terrified. Yeah. I wouldn't sleep knowing that that photograph existed. Existed, like. yeah. Oh, and then you, yeah. But you know what's going to be really exciting, getting back briefly to politics, is that the next presidential election after Michael D gives up is going to be the first time so you have to be 31 to run for president Yeah. so this time is going to be the first time that people who are running have an entire Instagram and Twitter history <gasps> so like we're going yeah. to now have like Love Island. people running for election who it's not like that, once yeah. there's a picture floating around of them in Ibiza it's like their whole life online is going to be available and it's going to be so that's exciting. what you're seeing that now. You see when they go into Love Island or anything like that, stuff that it. they've tweeted. Oh, God, I'm bored. Um, <sighs> it's stuff that they've tweeted like when they were sick because they're kids. This is 21-year-olds yeah. going in. Whatever about Love Island that's happening with like... But it, it, quality, it's, in like, every, it's in every <laughs> element of it. But, they're, but they wouldn't... You know, there's what they were putting in. They'd have no idea of something to go and I need to clear my history as back as I possibly could. So it's just that, like, you know, the stuff that they're trolling and coming out with and doing are just all coming back. So if it's happening on such a low lying level of like, you know, for like in Love Island, when you take that to the polls. <laughs> yeah. but well, have you seen Kevin Hart's documentary? Have you seen that yeah. shit? It kind of shows you how stuff that from. Oh, sure, him, yeah. Because sure, the world's was... changing so fucking fast. Like, and he was just about to be the guy presenting the, the Oscars. Oscars. And have you seen it? There's a new documentary on them on no. Netflix. So it's, it's, it's and it's kind of what's it called? It's Kevin Hart. I don't know. It's something. Google it. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin Hart didn't. Kevin do the Hart. Oscars. Something. Is that what it's called? No. So it's literally something like that, though. Put it in, though. Uh, and he's he and I was watching. It's very hard to watch because he's a really annoying fucking man, and he's like one of these people that he fucks up so consistently, and every time he fucks up, he goes, "I just want to look forward, man." I just want to look forward because he refuses to look yeah, because he refuses to actually acknowledge any of his fucking mistakes he just said and then like he's one of the in the documentaries like you know I want, it's all about working I'm 39 I've only started and then every time you see him he's moaning about having to work I so it's, it's called Don't Fuck This Up is it? Is it? Yeah. So yeah. seen Don't Fuck With Cats. But, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a great mental. show. No. Well, the Kevin Hart show, he gets caught with a tweet from five years beforehand where he says, if my son was ever uh, gay, gay, I'd whatever, I'd batter him or something. Something right. fucking stupid, whatever. But it fucks him up like a completely. So, like you're saying, with people who've had their whole lives running for a presidency, like, it's, it's going to be, be great really crack digging those up just because there's weirdos out there. Like, don't fuck with cats. If somebody oh, yeah. gets a notion in their head about you, they're going to find something. What's it about? So they're creepy. going to find something. It's about a really creepy guy who is his whole life looking for attention. So, like, trying to be an actor, trying to be a model, then realizes that there is one unspoken rule on the internet, which is you do not fuck with cats. <laughs> you can do whatever you want on the internet, but do not be mean to small animals. Okay. And in order to get attention, he vacuum packs a cat puts the video on live, then these keyboard warriors try and track him down. Then he loves the attention, so he kills another cat. And then he kills a human, human person, and then he goes on the run. And it's a three episode documentary oh on God. how they tried to catch and this man. everyone in it is fucking nuts. They're all like nuts. Like the people who are chasing him on the internet, they're yeah. fucking nuts. Some of the police people are completely fucking nuts. Everybody in it is absolutely Sorry, is this, it's is fascinating this, it's, TV. It's not real though. It is, it is real. It, re- it really happened. Look him up. Luca Magnata. Oh, I don't know because it's people like him like <coughs> shit like the terror like it, I find that terrifying. Like that's I find that's, it terrifying that there's body parts being chopped up and put in a gear bag in yeah. Dublin. Cool. Well, <laughs> yeah, down the road. There's kids, yeah. there's kids playing in Tally in a playground and there was a head. The Scissor Sisters, uh, the head in the playground in Tala like 10 years ago. No, yeah, that playing. was in the past. No, but, I, but it's like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's somebody else's Twitter now. <laughs> yeah. That's but a, no, that's a, that's a president's no, tweet like, of the future, that every is. Every two years or so, there's a bag of parts, of body parts turn up in, in the canal. Yeah. I know, I just... It's in Kulak, but they found something else today, didn't they? Oh, that, yeah, yeah, they reckon it's the same. same of course body. it is, It's yeah. the same, it's yeah. Bits of them. Part, yeah. But you see, have you seen the picture of the young lad they think it is? And he's doing no. all the Gucci gear and all that shit. So the, have you, because you know nowadays that's the thing, Gucci, apparently, Gucci, Gucci. is that, well, well you Gucci's wear... Gucci's gorgeous if you're a Gucci killer. Well, no, you, that, you know, they don't, 
there's no point in wearing, having big flashy cars anymore because the criminal assets bureau come and take them off you. So there's no point in having all that sort of flash gear anymore. So what they do now, to show they have money, is uh, they wear Gucci gear and Kenzo gear. And uh, so well, have you, you been? Wear Ken- Kenzo jumpers? That's yeah. So now, Kenzo and I only hear that this young woman who's like uh, 22 or something that works with us says, "You know, you look exactly like a fucking young drug dealer. You look like <laughs> like a really old man <laughs> dressed as, as a, a young, young drug, drug dealer. dealer. Like you're wearing Kenzo gear. You look ridiculous." She took time out of her day to break the bad news to me. She's like, "You really look fucking ridiculous." <laughs> like a small drug dealer. Yeah, yeah. She's like, like you're small like an, a like an, an old man. She, these are her words. You're like an old man dressed as a young drug dealer. I was like, "What the fuck?" She goes, "Yeah, this is this is what's happening, man." Like that's all young people. Their money on. So that's Canada how they the show jackets. their money. Is like, yeah, like you know, kind of the goose jackets. Yeah, 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 yeah kind of the goose jackets, and uh, you know uh, what what's else? It, and that? all the cans okay, and that, Moncler, uh, Moncler, is it? Yeah, is that what it's called? Leo ruined them. No yeah. one wears them since oh, Leo Varadkar. Did Leo? Yeah, he wore one of them and he blew the whole fucking right. night I still go in there because their village and touch their stuff. It's so soft. But have you been in Brown Thomas men's department? Yeah, all the little. The little the scrouts. Yeah. All the little scrouts are all, it's unbelievable. Yeah, they're there's all, so much money. Like, there's like so the much fuck. cash. And they save up all their cash so they, they can don't dress save like it. There's drug no dealers. saving. They just go out and do a run and have fucking two grand sitting in their back pocket and away they go. Yeah, I if I go to the ATM that. and take out like 150 euro, I'm walking around and my entire body is an eyeball. I'm like, <laughs> everyone knows I have 150 euro. I wouldn't have 150 quid to I take mean, out of <laughs> the bank. Like, that's just. It's no, you I know, don't know how they do it. You look at stuff though as well because I always say that. I always look at young ones walking along. And they like they're carrying like a Louis Vuitton carry all and the Louis Vuitton like they've five grand's worth of just accessories on them and then they have like their Gucci runners and their whatever like it's just there's, there's just so much money whereas to me like we used to go to the square and if you got a pair of jeans at an extrovert for thirty five quid that was your Louis Vuitton like that was your your highest level whereas now it's just it's just grown like the when spend you're levels kids, are mad it's, it's like, like everyone is all teenage like where does that because yeah, there's exponential the growth in that, like. Yeah, I yeah, know, yeah, yeah. When you have young lads, like, young lads rocking around Bally Bock and stuff now, wearing Valentino runners. Yeah. <laughs> Banging around Bally Bock and their Valentino runners. Like, you know, 18-year-old lads cycling bikes because they can't get a, they haven't got a driver's license. But they've got Valentino runners and the fucking Stone Island hood atop on. You're like, man, this place I don't place even know is... what Stone Island is. I'm so out of the loop. Oh, it's that, um... Oh, you would know it if you've well, seen you... it. It's like li- that li- Noel and Liam Gallagher. Have we gone full circle though? Because even I was watching yesterday or something on telly and the Brown Thomas fashion show was on yesterday and I just saw loads of people tweeting going, <laughs> loads oh, of young my... lads. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> I don't even They're like, oh my God, need that Victoria Beckham dress. And it's like three and a half grand for a dress. Do you need it though? I'm Do like, you, you don't need it. it. Like, Although I have spent stupid amounts of money. Actually, yeah, it's been more money returning things, but uh, <laughs> like... Uh, just buying online has become such a. You, like, I saw a this comfort. on your Insta. You yeah. haven't been well, so you've just been doing a lot of, yeah. a lot of tapping. Also, oh, it's yeah. it's my coping mechanism as well. So I don't drink, I don't smoke anymore, even though I think about fags every single day. When did you give up smoking? Yeah, I gave up smoking October the third, twenty sixteen. You remember like that? Oh my god, I remember the last drag. It was like Jeez, saying goodbye to a friend. It's like standing at Ellis Island, waving goodbye to the ship going back to Ireland. Like I was. Wow. Do you know what I find funny about you? What? Uh, Because I know you a bit. I find funny that you've kind of got a bit of an addictive personality, right? Fair to say. (laughs) Right? Yeah. But you're, because uh, you're so disciplined. On the flip side of things, you're so, like you wake up at five o'clock every morning. You start working straight away. You get your head down and there's no one whipping you or looking over you. It's just like you. But that's the only, that's the count. That's the other side of that coin. Like I am one drag away from a carton. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's no you like. Can't, you know, I'll have socially one. smoke. I can't. I can't do moderation at all in your life at all. In at it? all. So, so positive or negative? No. Like, well. even if it's virtuous, like, oh, I get up at five o'clock in the morning. That's not fucking normal. Like, to be getting up at five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> you and Bill every Cullen. morning. Yeah, with his penny apples. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just me and Bill Cullen yeah. sitting in <laughs> sitting in a cafe drinking. We're <laughs> <laughs> stopping there, giving out to Jackie Green or write um, a book. <clears throat> so. Like that's not normal. I don't think it is a, as a as a virtuous thing. Like I wish that I could just be like, oh, I won't bother checking my Fitbit today. I'll just lie around the house and watch the Netflix. Like I'm struggling to fight this chest infection because I cannot rest. Because like it gets to eleven o'clock in the morning, I've decided to have a duvet day, and I'm itchy. Like my skin is crawling. I'm like <laughs> I have to now. get out and do thirty minutes of exercise, and that's not normal. Like. That's but you know you're you're getting your endorphins from it and you, like there's I think no nah, I'm not like I've gone the other way like even when like so I was and I don't talk about this often but like I was twenty three stone like I was before I quit sugar I was twenty three stone 
eating terribly. Then I was like, right, I'm losing this weight. Lost the weight. Was lost, first of all, lost six stone, then seven. Then I was like, I want more. Eight, nine, ten, eleven, Addicted. twelve. Came the doctors were addiction. like, you're underweight. You have to gain weight. My body started like shut down like I was freezing all the time some of my functions were like nah we just won't bother we're just going to work on keeping you alive it's the same coin like so there's no so it's just the addictions the addictions just take different forms yeah like it's just sort of and are you aware of that are you sorry PJ are you aware that you're like as in are you so do you go somewhere into the new format as it were and that somewhere and that something in your brain twigs because you're like like I love watching Instagram and I've met you a couple of times and like to me like I love your chat. I just love where your head is at. To me, you seem like a really level, really nice person that you'd want to sit and have a chat with. And you seem to be like quite tuned in and, and lo- you know logical I, and stuff. So, so does just, something click in and you go, oh, well, no, I'm now in a new, you, you do. Now your- I'm like really. I have to be really self aware. Okay. So like you know when I get up at eleven o'clock, even though I said I'm having a duvet day, and I walk for thirty minutes, I'm like, okay, Stephanie, why are you doing this? You do rationally realize that the world is not going to end if you don't get thirty minutes of walking a day. Even though Kira Kelly is doing a hundred days of walking, it doesn't matter <laughs> if you miss one. This is not a reflection of you. And I can sometimes talk myself back down. And then other days, I'm, you know, it's always like progress, not perfection. So I love that. You know, like I quit sugar, and then I was like virtuous. I'm, I'm, I only eat clean, and then I lost too much weight, and the doctors were intervening. And I was like, okay, so now I have to do like moderation and it just takes a lot of energy and a lot of effort. For example, this morning, I didn't get up at five o'clock in the morning. I woke at five and I was like, you know what? You're sick. Do not. It's actually really unhealthy for you to get up now. So I lay down. I was like, okay, we're just going to listen to Harry Potter. We're going to listen to Stephen Fry <laughs> and we're going to be moderate. And so it just is, it's just But a that's lot tiring of in itself, isn't it? Yeah. Like th- those those cognitive behavioural that mm-hmm. you just you follow them and then but having to pause within that and go well but yeah. just a sec like even you were saying before you came in you're going to cough because you're sick and you, like I've been following Instagram obviously all the time but even the past couple of weeks you were on you were like my temperature is below <laughs> what it should be yeah. <laughs> like is there you know I'm re- and you could see you were you were pr- proper and well but you've you've had a pretty traumatic couple of months anyway with the loss of your nana yeah. so you've got to hear now and I said to you are you taking an antibiotic and you went well no Not I failed the script I failed the prescription but I haven't started taking it because and that's because um, I was on so many antibiotics <laughs> as a kid um, that I'm actually resistant to penicillin Right. So there's one antibiotic that just doesn't work for me anymore. So I'm down to like the last type of antibiotic that works. And I think... You're literally a medical marvel. You should do science week with us. Well, she, yeah, she's like this. This is what's so mad about you though. You're like, you're so laid back to talk to when you meet and you're really easy going and you're great to listen to. I, these great. are not adjectives about me. I but am they not are. Easygoing. But when you're in conversation with you, you're really laid back. You're really easy so going. It's so easy and it's so nice to listen to you speak because you're never forcing anything. You're all, it's like, it's, you're an amazing person to listen to. And then you read your book or something uh, and, it, and you go, you know, it's like, oh, I gave up sugar. I, and then it's like, how'd you do that? Oh, I made a rule. No sugar. End of fucking story. And that's, the st- and then you realise <laughs> you can't drink, you can't take salpidine, you can't take codeine of any kind. Uh, and now you can't, what, what are we just talking about? You can't, can't you take antibiotics, them. you're nearly fucking, you're riddled with antibiotics, you can't yeah. take them. And you go, how intense? Like It's because I take, it's like if you're born with like, let's say you're born with an amount of stuff that you can take, like you're born and God I know, whoever but you seem is, to like, do, you seem to be ticking the boxes. You've yeah. done everything but heroin at this stage. Yeah, but like I'm just, like I'm due, I don't know how I'm not part of the 27 Club, I'm due some sort of like... <laughs> career smash where I like start shoplifting or start like oh my god that would be so some exciting. sort of affair with a married man you know like but if you read your book you seem like a like a different person what kind of person do I like I don't know you seem like a much more laid back much more uh, like you're really able to self analyze yeah. and move with the times and move and come and go and I'm really see, progressive and your book you come across somebody that's like you know really into their own growth and it's no big deal and nothing seems like a big deal when you read your book it's so that's so it's so nice and easy to read I think but the like in and then I, you meet you and you're like no 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 I went like fucking that. mad Instagram, that's one of the things I always take from you I actually really enjoy watching Instagram because I th- I always think your outlook is there's not that real forced it's not fake it's just you're you 
you're quite content. I always go, you just seem quite content. Yeah, that that's you're, it. That's you're very, good. like, I look like, an, you can talk about your nana or not. I like, I loved your stories with your nana. But you know what I loved more? I loved your honesty about your grief for your nana because it's a bag of shite and nobody says any of those things. And I loved that you talk about it. Yeah. But I loved how content and secure you were in talking about that. And that's why I got from you that you were just so, like, chill. Yeah, well, I in that sense, I am. And I don't just, upset you. No, no, it's okay. It's okay. Um, I, I am. In that sense, I am chill. I am just like the person that I am because I can't. I don't know. I feel like for so long I was like pretending to be someone else. You know. Yeah. Um. Uh, when I was in the Gaiety School and in college, I mean that was career also pretending to be somebody else for a living. But you know, like. I just was, I grew up and I was, I'm an only child first of all, which I think is a huge part of it because you just realise that like if you're not, um, if people don't like you, you're going to be really lonely. Like, so you have to have friends. And then in order to have friends as a child, I just did what other people wanted me to do all the time. And then I was like, you know, I was the first one to learn how to drive. So I spent like all the time driving my friends around, picking them up. I was the designated driver, even though I really wanted to drink Um, driving my friends, like trying to help, trying to help guys that I fancied get with my friends. Just that kind of oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The worst. Like, and then uh, in college as well, I just used to go around just wanting people to like me and it was exhausting. And then I um stopped drinking and I stopped eating like an idiot and, and stopped smoking and realised that like this is my life like this this is the only life that I get to have and it's exhausting because trying to get people to like you is so fickle because you they don't like you they like what they like and then you're just slotting into that so um, this is kind of a longer story but then so I had this group of friends and we fell out because I realised that actually it was just a kind of a, a vampiristic relationship where I was just giving them what they needed. And um, I kind of st- had been running all my life away from, I don't know what, just like the reality. And so I stopped and I turned around and I just kind of dealt. I had to make loads of rules, which is like, okay, I don't drink. I don't eat sugar. I get up in the morning. I walk 10,000 steps. I do kickboxing. Make all these rules. And then try to get my life back on track and once you start making all those rules a lot of people fall away a lot of activities fall away and um, it gets quite lonely and, and your life can get quite calcified which mine did it got really really small I had like two or three friends I have all these rules like I don't go to parties I don't go to weddings I don't do this I don't do that and so slowly I'm trying to like come out of those things and be like okay so I've been invited let's say Grania Shoy invited me to her wedding I'll I'll go I'll try you know so yeah. I went and I had to leave after the meal and that was fine because people started to get drunk. I got started to get a bit panicky, but I went and I tried it and I try not to have any definitive statements about myself now, which is like, I don't say, I don't read fiction, you know? I say, I prefer to read biographies, but I'll I'll read this book and see if I enjoy it. Um, I'm kind of waffling now, but... You know, no, I no, think you're amazing. Really I'm what like, made you, yeah. what brought you to the point that you changed, that you, like, how did you get from, I don't do this to, okay, I'll try. Because um, it's big, like... It's, so you're quite like that. It's you're like oh, I'm, re- I'm yeah. really like I'm yeah. scarily like yeah. Stephanie yeah. in that way, yeah. Um, just sort of looking down, I I I I sort of hate people who are like I'm the kind of girl who like only wears Louis Vuitton. You know, I hate people <laughs> who have definitive sentences yeah. about themselves. And I realised that I probably hate it because I have so many of them about myself. So I started to also I got into a relationship and um. It's really hard to be in a relationship and have all those definitive things about yourself. You know, it's really like... It's oh, a, yeah. I can't date. I it, can't do it because I don't do fucking anything. Yeah. and, and so I can't do it. Yeah. You know, do you want to go to the cinema? I don't oh, go God. to the cinema. Yeah. Do you want to go to the to pub? No. Nope. I won't be drinking till... I might have a pint in September. Yeah. You're like, But it's hard. And like, you have to weigh up. Like, for so long, I wanted my life. I wanted my small little corner of the world. I wanted it my way. And then I started looking at the future and was like, well, do I want, let's say, do I want a family? Do I want how, you know, do I want whatever? And because the answer to those was yes, I was like, okay, well, the path that I'm on is never, ever going to get me to that. So I'm going to have to loosen up a small bit. Like, you're not going to ever meet anyone if you get up at four o'clock in the morning, go to bed at 7.30 in the evening and only work by yourself with a laptop in those hours. Like, you're not allowing yourself to meet anyone. (laughs) 
And Destructive. I was going out, I was in a long distance relationship for three years um, with a Californian that pulverised my heart. Um, and that was brilliant because it was long distance, didn't have to see him that often. Uh, still had my own little life, but was in a relationship. Uh, it felt know. like you were servicing something, but it was from so far away yeah. that it... Yeah, and it was so like that relationship. Like, I mean, Sigmund Freud would have a field say about that relationship. Um, and it was so much more stress than it was worth. Um, I went to New York once, and he stood me up like because we used to meet halfway. Uh, yeah, but then there was loads of like apologies and presents and stuff, and it made it all right. Do you ever hear about love languages? You know, like no. there, apparently there's five different love languages and people speak different love languages. So some people's is presence, some people's is physical touch, some people's is service. So if people do jobs for you or whatever, blah, blah. So there's five different types mm. and mine is presence. And okay. so I'm just very easily bought. Um, Remember that. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's so by the way, it's my coping it. mechanism. Just throw money at things. Okay. Like even since Nana died, like you, throwing you money at things. You have said that on your Instagram. You're, that's what your, just your like, online shopping yeah, thing is all yeah, about. just trying to like heal that wound. And she was also kind of like that. Like Nana was always so happy when you bought things. Like if she'd give you money and you bought something with it, she was so happy. <laughs> what did you get? Yeah, like, like Annie, she all she like she loved when I went out to Blanche and come back in with a load of bags. She'd be like, she "Oh great, I put on the kettle for her." You'd oh, go yeah, out and do. pick up oh, one she'd put on the kettle before in. you went through the bags. And yeah, all, yeah, and the then I do a fashion yeah. show. Like, oh, my mum would do that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, did she think think is it there's a real high in it? She used to get like all of us used to get our packages delivered to her house in Castlenock because we might be at work or out and you know the delivery man would you'd have to go to the post office yeah. so we'd post them the all the ritual of it all she'd be delighted with all the packages coming in <laughs> Sinead got three more things from Topshop as if you won them like as if yeah, it wasn't yeah, yeah. coming out of your bank <laughs> yeah, yeah. so um, how are you like how are you going out with someone now are you alright with it like tell me to mind me on fucking business oh, like, now because this is a chat maybe I'm grand you know. like I'm I'm a bit of a nightmare, you know, because I'm, but he's very patient and he's very tolerant of like, because I, he can see that I'm trying, you know, yeah. so before like I wouldn't eat anything after seven o'clock. Right. And then he finishes work at half five and it takes him however long to come and the visit me and I'm like, problem. okay. And then if I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to bed at half seven, I'm getting up at half four. You have to compromise with those things and have anxieties around food. So I'd be like, oh, I have to. Google the menu of this place and, you know, now I'm starting. I do that with every single place I go. <laughs> yeah, well, I I'm have to go through the menu like a week before we go and then again and then I'll still sit there when we get there. Is it because you're a bit anxious around yeah, it? Yeah, really anxious about it. Yeah. yeah. And then I, pa I panic when I get there even though I've seen what's there. I don't know what I'm going to be able to eat even though I've gone through it and I've already decided <laughs> on the Monday before the Saturday that I'll probably get that but then I worry it might change when I get there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's really, it takes yeah. so much. Yeah. I'm, I'm after getting much better with it and I don't do that anymore and it's something that I every day pray that I'm so oh, grateful really God, for. I'm yeah. It's because it's so much of your life yeah. it's just gone from like can't go to this place there's nothing spontaneous or impromptu that's, and I, that's me and food I would there's nothing spontaneous about my dinner or where ever. we go to yeah no it's frightening yeah. it's re and if you don't have it you don't understand it but oh, it is for sure yeah. it's so it's so frightening and I think mainly because it's different as women because we are kind of taught that like um, you should be the smallest you can be, even though that's oh my god, it's totally different with women. You never see a woman packing her belly, going, "Oh, I paid for." <laughs> yeah, you know, it's totally different <laughs> yeah. with women. Yeah, it is. This is like you know, these are the social privileges things that you kind of. I'm only really waking up to lately. Yeah, uh, and one of my mates, I remember, I, I kind of hit me just really a bit just like I mean, a friend of mine Ash was chatting to her and uh, I was there I'll just I'll meet you in the pub up the road and it suddenly dawned on me you know the way I'm always telling you about how much I love sneaking off for a drink on my own I fucking love it I was only talking about it in the last podcast I love going in when there's football on I sit down on my own and I get a whiskey or whatever and I just sit there no one's near me and she's like I can't do that no. I can't fucking do that no I'm like of course you can't go and sit the fuck down I was like, she's, she's like no you, you really don't understand I can't do it like it's I, I look completely out of place. Out of place. I feel out of place. I don't, I can't get comfortable. I draw, yeah. If anyone starts coming up to me then, I get nervous. I'm like, oh yeah, I never thought. And none of this. It's that thing of it's like. It's the same with the food thing. You, there is that pressure. And whereas I can literally key. just go, I don't give a fuck. I, like I can Isn't pat my belly and laugh effect. if I want to. I was going to call it the car key. Is that like, you'll always walk. You I always walk, walk to your, your car, car with a car key between your fingers. It's going to do fuck all, but it gives you security. If anybody hops you, at least you have a car key between your fingers if you go to your car that you can try and defend yourself in any way. And I remember totally saying that thing. to Joey and Joey was like, 
sorry, you have a car key between your fingers. And I went, yeah, always. Like, because if somebody comes, at least I can try and he's like that. Why would you? And I was like, that's just kind of the natural yeah. way I, it I know is. that you're saying. I know lads definitely get attacked more probably, but it's not the same no, because the threat, the, yeah, there's a physical threat, threat that doesn't yeah, come different. with it normally, I don't think. And you're not as vulnerable, really. I think you're amazing to be so aware. I think you're like, I think to have that level of consciousness about yourself to be able to make those changes I think we hear so much about people saying oh I'm going to change or I'm going to do this I'm going to do all those things I don't mean on the level of sugar or any of those things yeah. actually just to make those changes in terms of like a menu change or to be able to open yourself to a relationship or to, to have that foresight to look and go okay what does my future hold I would like X, Y or Z in my future and where I currently am now it's all well and good to, I would do that and go oh well I need to change all that but actually to change the habit yeah. like, I hate change I also I hate change. Hate change. <laughs> so this is my first. Book. I'm rearing a five year old who hates change, and I've seen the damage that I've done. <laughs> yeah. Because from the moment he was born, we were on a routine, and now it's like he steps out. Like you know what I mean? I'm just like, oh, this is all my doing. Do you know what I mean? I've I've created this. So I'm, de- I'm desperate time with the three year old to not have her in the regime. Do you know what I mean? Trying yeah, to break it's, him because it's so debil- debilitating. It is debilitating, and it's like <clears throat> the energy that I used to expend trying to hang on to the way things were like even now like I actively every morning have to let go of um, so I used to look at pictures of myself so as I started to have to like let's say gain back some weight or change some things I would look at my past self and be like oh I why can't I look like that now or whatever and then I used to have to imagine myself the day I was born the size that I was and be like it's if imagine trying to hold on to that. Imagine trying to be like, I have to stay that size, that shape forever. Yeah, like I'm gonna get back people to my change. Baby, bro. We're gonna we're gonna adapt. We're gonna grow. Things are gonna uh, change. And like even particularly around Nana, like for the last year before she died, she wasn't sick um, at all. But every time I turned the key in the door, I was like, I'm gonna find her dead in the chair. Like she was 91. The odds were that like she was going to die in the next. You know. And I knew that change was coming. I wrote about it in my first book. I was like, I'm really terrified. I remember that. Oh, and when the nightmare comes, you were talking about it. I used, yeah. to, used to say it a lot Instagram. on Instagram as well. Yeah, like that, yeah. there is a day. And and I do fear that. And I have fears for the future as well. Like cool. I'm an only child. My mum is a single parent. I'm like, what's going to happen when she dies? Like yeah. that's absolutely terrifying. Can't even go there. But the... But I, I, I could be wrong. But there's something about you that like, I, I get this, could be so wrong. But when you... When you talk talked about your nana when your nana was alive and, and mm-hmm. that fear and like even you saying about your mom there, like to me you just seem to show these massive flashes of vulnerability. Yeah. Like, th- like I just I ca- like to me I'm just like I don't understand how you even have the strength for those to do those vulnerable. You know what I mean? Because for me I'm so controlled that vulnerability is like the nemesis of control. Yeah. To elect so it's you have that real from talking to you now you can you real have a real yin and yang because you those flashes of I used to be really like tough out and like I'd be cracking jokes in here now I'd be like alright she's Suzanne is trying to get me to fucking cry I'm not going to show her my weakness I'm going to crack jokes I'm going to make PJ laugh I'd have my back to you be facing PJ we'd be having the banter but I that's there's a fragility in that where like you're fragile not like a flower but like a bomb you know, like yeah. it's brittle. I'm, that's me. Like, I'm like very I, much like that. I, I can't, I can't do that because then now it's like I'm very vulnerable. I cry all of the time. Wow. Like <laughs> ridiculous amounts of crying <laughs> and like, tears. That's a good thing. But it's though. more like, you're like seaweed, you know, like the wave comes in and you just kind of ebb and flow yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. rather than like being a rock. Yeah. Um, And it also means that people are much nicer to me people are much nicer to me because I'm vulnerable. Like, yeah. you are nicer to me now because you see that, like, I'm pretty vulnerable in the situation, constantly on the verge of tears, vaguely talking <laughs> about my nana. People are nicer because they're like, all right, she's actually a real human being who has... Like, the other day, I parked... Oh, my God. I parked <laughs> in front of a no-parking space that I didn't see because I was wound up. It was a bad day. I parked and I had to run into a meeting and I came out and I got back in my car and this woman banged on the window. She was like, you're after parking in front of a no parking sign and I'm two hours late to collect my child. And I just burst into tears. I was like, I am so sorry. 
I have no excuse. I didn't see the sign. I'm so sorry. I don't know what I can do. Your child, your poor child. She was like, it's fine. It's fucking fine. And then she was like, you could see her calling. She was looking for the aggressive back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, But like, I was totally in the wrong. So then I like got a Starbucks voucher and got a card and wrote a card and be like, I'm so sorry. And I like glued it on or sellotaped it onto the. You did not. Yeah. Because she was two hours late for her child. I didn't know what age her child was. Or if my mum had been two hours late to pick me up when I was a child, I would have lost my reason. Mum told me once that she'd pick me up at three on the dot. And I came out of school and I was looking for the dot. <laughs> and I was like freaking out because I couldn't find the dot. And I was like, Mom's picking me up on the dot and I can't find the dot. I was a really anxious child. I love you. You're like my son. He takes everything so, so literally. literally. If you say, you know, and you know, a turn of phrase that you just say. And he's just like, you know what I mean? And like whatever it is. And he's just like, well, I don't know. Hang on. What do you mean? Like, you know what I mean? He's that. It's, I had another so one in li- school where that. the teacher was like, I'm going to drill this into your brain. Yeah. And I... <laughs> Burst into tears, and I was like, oh, "Why are you doing something into our brains?" Very scary. Um, on a happier note, I have to say, the first time I met you was that you were doing the Elaine show. That was yeah. the very, and you were like, did not want to do telly that day. You had, but can't cope, won't cope. Was out, and oh, I think yeah. that you've been forced to do a bit of a PR campaign. Oh yeah, oh you hate yeah, me. I know. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so it's a miracle she's sitting here. Yeah. Like. So we, you were really quiet when we went in. You were sitting there, and of course, I was just being me. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and um, I kind of was. You were saying, "I have a new show coming out," and you know that you'd written it or whatever but Mary Byrne was on the show so Stephanie's sitting there and then Mary Byrne is like um, oh you wrote a show oh my god amazing so she's going through everything with and then in the ad breaks Mary Byrne basically try, keeps trying to pitch herself she's as like, a mother in the show for fucking me. and then she's like will you write me write me a show I'd be now here's what my character would be and then Stephanie was trying to re- and you were so polite she was trying to politely go no I just write the show and then it all goes over <laughs> I don't have anything to do ah, and she's like, get, she's like get yourself a cast have a cast nation but if you write me like write me the character into the show and I remember just being like it was it was it was one of the oh, like, one of my most favourite yeah. like, I just couldn't get out of it like and you just and you were really trying to as nicely as possible say to her like I just write it I can't she's like yeah but if you write me as, as the ma she's like oh no it's written like it's 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 gone to air the next series and like it was like no matter how many times you push yeah, back she was like, she like really just, she goes then just write me a show will you yeah. Yeah. And, and you, I was like, I will, yeah. I will, I will. I will, of course, yeah. I will, yeah. Away we go. Because it was, but that, and I remember saying that because I'd watched Can't Cope, Won't Cope um, when it came out. Because it was, it was of my, my mates and my era and that, I, it, like, you know, before the madness yeah. of Gucci that we are now. And that we had like, Taxi Good was Norman who picked us up. And you know, when you're watching something with your mates, Taxi Good, yeah. When you're watching something and me and my best mate were just like, literally texting back and forth going, like Taxi Good is Norman and you know those things that one of us was like there was always a devil and an angel and someone trying to pull you out of shit <laughs> and do it but I like it, I think that was the first kind of connection that I made with you I was like well obviously something in your life these like you know you can write so much but you're, you're, yeah. you have to take from somewhere with these type of shows yeah. you know and and like Can't Go was definitely like a lot of my experience me and my friends and people are like oh is is this person based on this person I mean they're all kind of based Amalgamation on me and of based everybody, on other yeah. people that I've met drunkenly and to, you know toilet cubicles and queues for the bathroom but um, it there was that thing the, the, the taxi good thing was the, that most people Gosh, like Kanko Bunkup is on the Aer Lingus in flight thing at the moment oh, and loads of so people are again. messaging me being like I'm from Minnesota and I also have a taxi man who collects me and I'm like oh great relatable Um, (laughs) two degrees separation yeah I miss that show I'm working on a new show with BBC at the moment and it's much more I feel all of a sudden very grown up oh really it's like the difference between writing English essays for your leaving cert and then like having to write something about James Joyce in college or something oh really yeah can can you tell us what it's about Um, are you going to do what PJ does like does the whole Young Offenders then to edit everything out because it's totally too much yeah, oh. there's a it's a it's an adaptation of some books. I don't think I'm allowed to discuss okay, cool. yet, but um, it's it's good. It's it it'll so be. So you're going highbrow now, is it? Is oh, very highbrow. High yeah, I'm getting a monocle. Yeah, yeah a monocle yeah, in cool. here. Yeah. Like, yeah. A monocle, to be fair. <laughs> um, you, you transfer it really well, though. Like it, like do you know what I mean? It, I think you just have that thing where you're able to like from you know some people can just write a certain way, whereas. You could just seem to, I, maybe because it's you ingest books for fun, but it's, you just seem to be able to transfer seamlessly between one to the other. Like, do you know that kind of way? Um, this, like this, this now is going to be a BBC hour, so 45 Jesus, minutes. And I'm, I'm very kind of used, well-versed in writing 30 minutes. And it's, mm. you know, it's the, diff- it's the same as like 
if you run 5Ks every day and then you have to run a 10K. It's like, oh, this is is a different gear. (coughs) So um, I have a really good script editor at the moment and I keep emailing her being like, so we're on page 26 at the end of part three. How's that? And she's like, it's going to be like, (laughs) you're going to have to write a bit more. Can I just stand in the kitchen for a little bit and just look at each other? And then I also got the chance this year or just the end of last year to adapt my first ever play, which is called Our Father, for a TV. Oh, wow. that's really exciting. Oh, yeah. wow. Did you ring Mary Byrne? I didn't actually. Yeah, she's she's, the role there for she's her as, as the father. Yeah. yeah, no. So that'll that'll be exciting. That's kind of. Um, oh, wow. Do you know when that's. Uh, I don't. Like telly fruition that it takes. Oh, you never know, telly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So ages. Ages. Yeah. It's um, fucking exciting, ages, yeah. though. Yeah, some of it's in rhyme, which is cool because all my playwriting is in rhyme and I miss writing in rhyme. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. You, that's what you did. Yeah. 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 Jesus Christ, Stephanie, can you stop being so bloody <laughs> well-rounded and like sitting there going, so if you could write all of that stuff down and how I start to like gently adopt it into my world that if we sit back down in a year's time that I too will be able to go right. <laughs> well, that was one of the things that but that's the made, me change, made me change my life was that I just looked at my CV and I was like, God, like my CV is so robust now. Like I've I've achieved a lot in 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 a few years. And like, if if you had a CV for your personal life, it'd be fairly sparse. Like, do you know, yeah. you know, time between jobs, like time between relationships, like twelve years or whatever. <laughs> like, and you know, what are your skills? None. Being on my own, reading <laughs> books. Um. So I had to say, like, okay, I need to, um, focus on the CV of my life for a while. But you must have found great comfort in being on your own. At some level, you wouldn't have just you wouldn't have kept doing it. Oh, I love it. I still love it. Yeah, like, that's why I read books, and I it's just just me and a book, and I love that. And um, I think it's just about compromise. You know, there's a fair amount of. I also would have been very codependent as a as a teenager. You know, like I would be taking other people's temperature to see how I felt. You know, being like <laughs> glued to people and having an. I remember one time like having to plan out every minute of my day texting people being like do you want to meet for a coffee from this time to this time and then I also always kind of knew that I was too much for people so people only wanted to kind of spend like an hour with me which is a hard <laughs> thing to actually metabolise so then I'd have to like have loads of people so you're trying to manage yeah and then I started spending time on my own I was like actually when I'm not running away from myself I'm quite good company but then sometimes like when I'm left by myself me and my head it's a bad place to hang out so uh I read books and then I'm not really thinking too much. Oh, definitely, I d- whatever you're doing, it's working. Yeah, and like, what's like? Do you have an what? What's do you have an ambition then? Like not like overall, like life and career, or are you at a point where you're just taking it as it comes, or or could it. you give a shit at this stage? Like if I have enough money to like live my little life, and the people you around don't have the me full Gucci gear now. And the people around me, I can borrow PJs. Yeah. Kenzo jumpers. The people around me want to be around me and I want to be around them. And people like to work with me. And because I'm a much nicer person to work with now as well, like I used to be really a nightmare because I was so controlling and I wouldn't let go of anything. And I was, there's just no room for human error. But now I'm much more, I understand and I, it's not that I'm more understanding, it's that I am able to apologise now. So most of the day, most days, like maybe three out of seven days, I have to text someone in the evening and be like, hey, I'm sorry for this morning, that was misdirected. I shouldn't have said that and I really apologise. Um, like someone wouldn't pay me the other day, like that I'd been chasing an invoice and I sent this fucking screecher of an email and I was like, <laughs> I'm going to call you out on Twitter if you do not pay this. This is absolutely <laughs> ah, disgraceful. Yeah, I see Dad, so da, 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 much da. of you and me but you got the calm like other part, you have the yin and the yang, I'm just stuck over with yin. So then they paid me and I was like, hey, and also I'm really sorry for that email. Also that bullshit thing that's going on with the RT doing the pilots, you know, there's all this stuff in the Daily Mail of like five women killing each other for a job in RTE. Oh, I saw yeah. that. Yeah. Bullshit, right? But you were named in. Yeah, yeah, you were named in for being up for the ro- uh, a chat show role a or something like that. Chat show yeah. pilot, yeah. So all this news is coming out and I'm reading this in the Sunday World or whatever being like, what is this? So I texted the producer of the show that we did the pilot for and I was like, this is Bullshit, like why? Who's putting this out? Uh, who's putting this out? This is absolutely unbelievable that I have to read about this in the paper. And then he was like, I'm so sorry. Like that was a leak. I haven't, you know, I haven't done anything. And then I just text back and I was like, I am so sorry. I shouldn't have spoken to you like that. You haven't done anything wrong. I understand how the media work. I'm really sorry for being aggressive. 
And then he's like, no, you haven't done anything wrong. It's just uh, yeah, I'm very yeah. much easier to, to it's easier to de-escalate situations now. But I still get myself into them. Like, I'm never someone who's walked away from a situation and been like, God, why didn't I say that? I'm always walking away being like, why did I say that? Like, oh, why? really? Yeah. Oh, I'm totally you. Quick right. yeah, I'm you're getting nothing out of me. Not, not a fucking word. Oh. I just turn into a clam. You're like, st- you might as well be talking to a picture of me. Not, not a fucking word. Nah. And then maybe three days later, or in fact, actually, you'll probably just never hear from me ever I again. Do the, I I'm do like the a match straight up. <laughs> ignite. Like, I'm <laughs> totally overreact. I am such a nightmare. But now at least I'm able to go back and be like, hey, I'm really sorry about that. I shouldn't have said it. And, you were right, and so re- you're reactive, but you can you can pull it back and go. I am really accountable to myself. Like yeah, every day, yeah, I, yeah. I I I take responsibility for my just try and keep my side of the street. But where clean. are you getting this from? Are you in therapy? Yeah, or what? Yeah. Or are you? Yeah, right. Like not, so getting, not, not there's right like now, life coaching involved. You're not just able to pluck all this out of your arse, so to speak, because it's like these are these things you're doing. They're real. Like they're. You're saying, oh, I just do this or I just do that. But they're hard things to do. They like are. You're, I'm listening to you thinking, fuck me, I wish I could do yeah, half of this stuff, to be honest. Like, I'm like kind of, oh, fuck, I wish I could do that. Uh, so that's why I'm wondering, where where you, you well, get it from? I, I think I've, I've, so I've read an awful lot of self-help books. <laughs> I've, <laughs> I listened to a lot of Oprah. Um, and I was in therapy for a good few years. Um, particularly around, because I stopped drinking alcohol and I was like, yeah, that's fine. I don't care about that. And then, I was like, as long as they don't make me stop taking Solvadine, then I can do anything. And then I was like, oh, so maybe you've got a bit of a problem there. So then I started taking Solvadine. I was like, why? And, and like, when I wasn't taking Solvadine, I was so aggressive and I was grieving it. I was, and the fags as well. I was like, I really, I'm losing my friends here. Like, yeah. this is my... Your crutches. These are always there for me when nobody else is. Mm. So I was like, I think you probably need to go and talk to someone about that. Yeah. So I did. And she just kind of nodded at me for three years. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) I realised that I had the information. Actually, you know one time, do you know when something resonates with you? Like, you know, you hear something that someone says and you're like, wow, that really resonates with me. Yeah, like Like our entire hour. But that's because... If I do believe that if something resonates with you, it's because you know it to be true yourself. It's like when, you know, if, if I bang a glass and, and the light over there rings, it's like the same frequency. So if something resonates with you, it's because you already know it. And so I started to listen to other people and look at people whose behaviour I admired and people who had integrity and the things that were resonating with me were the things that I already knew I was capable of and that I should be doing. And then I started to kind of do them just try and vibrate at the same frequency I feel like I feel, that's it it's a fr- I had this frequency conversation with Joey the other night I feel like I feel like I've just taken a piece of that of my conversation I had the other night because especially in 2019 I just felt like I was on a different frequency to everybody else and it just accumulated in December being an absolute shit show but that I just went mm, yeah ostrich yeah I'm like I can't because if you push me it was, I literally was like I'm going like if it could have gone wrong and it and it wasn't little just it was ju- it was like full on combustion of every aspect of my life was falling apart and everyone around me was falling it's apart it's the end of last it, year it's the end of last yeah. year like everything yeah. fell apart yeah. like nothing went right and it wasn't just little things it was catastrophic like health diagnosis and you know mad stuff but it came into to thing and I had a conversation with Joey the other day and I was like I have to retrain my brain I have got gone so far it's just so funny listening to you you know when someone walks into your world and it's like You've you've been here two days ago with me in my brain, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to find. So I've cleared like loads of people on Instagram. I'm like, can't follow you because you hurt my feelings. Because I sit looking at them, going, "You're full of crap," and I'm getting, my, <laughs> but I'm getting myself so worked up about it that I'm like, yeah. I need to pull the Brené Brown out of myself and like find, just find my happiness. So every day I'm like, you find your grateful stuff, find your happiness, and go back to where you were a year, like reset. Because mm-hmm. that year, especially December, it sucked. I think any good I had left my soul, it just sucked it out and was like, well. What's the point? Do you know what I mean? So I you sometimes also think that happiness is overrated. It's like, well, it's, you think you're entitled something. to it. So that, that's the problem, isn't it? Everyone thinks they're entitled to be happy. Yeah. So then the pressure or to be happy. And when you're not yeah. happy, then it's like a fearful state. But also, like, happiness is elusive, and the journey to happiness is often so fraught with like the you know like it's like want to be happy I have to climb this mountain to get to happiness <laughs> that but like, it's contentment I see I'm looking at some sense about being content it's finding the like to be content with the bad and be con- you know what I mean but, but it's not all consuming yeah but like it just is you know like there's mm. no um, 
it's the good days and the bad days and uh, like it just is it's whether I like it or not like you know mm. I just <laughs> I, I can't change it and yeah. that's why I, I think I've had a lot of realisations since Nana died where I'm like alright oh, okay so this is a whole new world and this is a whole new me and Dublin is a whole new city that she's not in and like it's just it's shit and <laughs> it's it is it's shit like it's all really shit it can't all be shit it's it's pretty shit but there are times when it's not so shit but then the times that are happy you're like oh I wish that I could share that like Nana would love this she'd think this was gas you know but the but the grief will evolve because grief always evolves so I've been there in that grief where it's that is shit is the evolve evolution not just another period before someone else does. No, so, no, it's, no definitely not. No, no definitely because not. And you, there's relief. Eventually yeah. you get to a stage where you go, you know, like my old man, he was fuck he when he died of cancer, like it's twenty years ago now, but when he died, I remember the the closer it got to his death, the worse things got. And then when he was gone, all of a sudden you're you you were confronted with a fucking wall of grief. Mm. But on the other side, a huge relief uh, that was hard not to uh, feel almost guilty about at the start. But this huge fucking relief yeah. because all of a sudden I had my life back. My life was back. Yeah. Uh, and I think I you, I didn't, need as direct, like, like it was just fucking me, but as my family as well, didn't realise how much was going into it, right? Yeah. So you ha- our whole lives became this sick man, you know, this yeah. man who was on the way out, you know. And uh, then he died... And there was that, that, even on his funeral, even on the day of his funeral, I remember having the feeling like, I can do what I want here. And I'm really an antisocial person. Like, I don't like being in big crowds or anything. So I just fucked off. I remember being, I mean, I was just thinking, I can suddenly do everything I wanted. Yeah. Uh, and that has kind of never left me in a way. I know it's scaldy, but it's never left me in a way. And it does kind of. Did you l- not like some. There's something about the. That intense period when someone is really sick. Yeah. And you can't do anything else except be at the hospital, except, be at home, yeah. eat, mm. sleep, be there yeah. and repeat. And <clears throat> there's something about, there. I'm a fr- I, that feeling of I can do anything I want, want scares to. me. I don't yeah. like that feeling. I but like knowing what I have to do, when I have to do it. I can't do this because I have to be there for Nana because I have to go to the grocery store because I have to bring her to her eye appointment. Then we're going to watch more and Dahi. Then we're going to, you know, like. Yeah. The freedom of being given your life back is like, yeah. I want well, I see, I was, it's scary, I, it but is, it's but that's there the same. is a release in it because I remember I said for probably about three years after my dad died because I remember he was on a ventilator in intensive care and I remember going, I would have kept him there so I could have gone to him every day. I didn't care, he didn't talk to me but he, he physically would have and it took me a very long time and it will take you a very long time and that's not to rush or to say because you have to go through it all but the release comes and when the release comes, it is like I can now think about my dad and be sad, but I can think about my dad and be so happy. And I never believed I could ever be happy without him. Don't make me cry. But you will. Like when my kids were born, I was sad he wasn't there, but I know how much they would adore him. And that my son looked at me the other day and I saw a glimpse of my dad. And you will, as sad as all that is, it is just the most gorgeous feeling. And you will have that with her that things will happen in your world and it'll be a part of her that will give you this release but you have to feel this horrible and I always say that about grief like my friend's dad died and I remember going I can't save them from the grief but yeah. I can be there for them yeah. I'm so sorry <laughs> that's okay that's okay but it's that's, like you know, the yeah. best and worst yeah, day this is about how Ever. long it goes on like. but it goes, <laughs> on. Oh, it goes it, on do you know what it goes, on. it goes on it really does but it does get easier but we only talked about, talked about this last week it's the first year of the year of firsts is such a load of bollocks I hate the year of firsts yeah and the fear of the firsts yeah but you get through them and then it's the year of survival because you've got through the firsts and, and then, then you're in the year, the year of, survival, of survival and then there's a kind of a turn I was actually only talking with my boyfriend Oh. Before we wrap up, yeah. uh, my boyfriend is a widower. <laughs> you've, you've a meeting. So like oh, yeah, fuck. What's yeah. What, yeah. <laughs> he's a widower, <coughs> and so he's done his year first and his year of survival. And we, he's been really helpful um, in helping me with Nana. Yeah. Um, but 
grief is just this thing that until you've experienced it, you don't, you don't get, get it. it. And then I think it separates you from people who haven't. Like people who tilt their head at me and are like, oh, you're Nana died. What age was she? I'm like, fuck you. It doesn't matter what age she was. Get out of my fucking way. Yeah. And then there's people who understand and they usually just tilt their head and don't say anything. Because there's nothing you can. There's no. nothing there's you nothing can, you can say. fucking no, say. Right. There's a, nothing you can that say. That was bound to happen. Yeah. That's actually. Yeah. Th- like that's, I know. Like, but it doesn't matter. Like, you'd nearly like, prefer someone to just go out. Yeah, tough shit. Like, because it's anybody that's trying to say something to you. I heard Des Bishop saying this recently because his mother's just dead as well. And he's right. Anyone that says anything to you, it's not really. It's more about them yeah. feeling good. Yeah. It's yeah. more about them looking at you and going, and going oh, fucking sorry. What, yeah. You know, whatever, as long as I don't feel too awkward in this situation, it's, it's all right. On <laughs> all of us. Yeah. You know, it's about them. It's not really about you and your grief. It's like, oh, fuck, I'm sorry I started talking to you now. <laughs> yeah. Is mostly what it is. Yeah. So much going on in the world. Like, yeah, definitely. But I like, but there is, I definitely like, you know, the grieving process is does, not a bad one. I, I only got better. to know my dad when he got sick because yeah. I'm a man yeah. in Ireland yeah. and me and my dad didn't talk until he got sick. Yeah. You know? And I could, and that's the thing I like, I remember like, in the run up of well, myself and Jerry were talking about this the other day. I was like, I remember in the run up to my dad dying, like knowing the next couple of days he was going to die. I remember lying on my mom and dad's bed and I actually went at that. And I went, uh, and I in my head went, if I start to cry, I will never stop. And I did that for five years. And I met my now husband, I met Joey. You cried for five years or you didn't? I didn't cry. And on my dad's anniversary, I woke up at half one in the morning and sat up in the bed and went to my husband. My now husband, I went, my dad's dead. And he went, "Uh, yeah. No "No." shit. I was like, no. Oh, and literally years. for 24 hours I just sat <laughs> like that and it's like you want to fucking come to the rodeo welcome because yeah. like we're in a shitstorm people like, you, you know what I mean do you want to go to the cinema yeah. <laughs> no I told you I don't like being in a room full of strangers do you not like cinema no it's the fucking strangers it's dark <laughs> Oh, Are we all crocked? We've got to let you go. Yeah. We've been here for ages. Life and death with Stephanie Preisner. That has to be the name of this That's fucking episode. Definitely. Life and death with Stephanie Preisner. Christ. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Cheery. <laughs> Step on board. Um, thank you for coming on the Dublin. Thank you for having me. For a yeah. Dublin podcast. Yeah, thanks for being Thanks yeah. for being our that first, was our that first was Dublin nice. meet. That was so good. Yes. You never can get on to your 90 p- 20 pills a day. Yeah, yeah my God, God. yeah. <laughs> This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network.